Hello, magic seekers. You are listening to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast, where you're invited to journey to the depths of your soul in search of pleasure, peace, truth, and grit. Here, you'll go within as you listen to conversations, meditations, and life lessons that will guide you back to your power, help you regulate your nervous system, and remind you that magic is real. I'm your host, Steph Traska, a life and embodiment coach, energy worker, mom of two crazy little boys, and at my core, a wild earth goddess. Whether you're in an energetic space of power and joy, or you're feeling shattered and stuck, it's my mission to nourish you back to your divine wholeness so that you step into your day and life with deep trust and an open heart. Now take a cleansing breath and open yourself up to receive today's little scrap of magic. Anything you want to do. Hello, loves, and welcome back to another episode of the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. I have with me today Laura Eck, a national board certified health and wellness coach, yoga instructor, registered nurse, and a mother of two. Beyond the labels, Laura's passion lies in guiding women to know, love, and be themselves. She helps women step back into their authenticity through self-discovery, self-compassion, and building intentional community. When she's not leading circles or coaching, she's probably dancing outside in nature or having a deep and juicy conversation. Laura lives in Fort Wayne, Indiana with her husband, Nate, and her children, Annie and Carson. And Laura's here today to talk to us about reimagining sisterhood and how she guides women to rewrite their beliefs around building friendships and community with other women among other things, because that's the way things go on this podcast. We are just open to conversations and letting things flow. And I wish I'd started recording before now, because just when Laura and I were chatting before we made it the official podcasting session, there was so much gold unfolding there. So you're in for a real treat today. Welcome, Laura. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait to get into this. I know. I'm so grateful we have Lisa to thank for our connection. Um, I met Lisa through a mutual friend, Kelly, who was on one of my earlier episodes of this podcast. And um, yeah, when I connected with Lisa, she just kind of immediately knew that Laura and I would hit it off. And she was absolutely right. We are both circle facilitators. We are both very into that self-discovery and inner work and sharing whatever it is that we are lit up by, whatever it is we're learning about with the world. So before we get into it, Laura, it's the day after Halloween. It's November 1st. I'm recording this podcast and I hear my little toddler screaming outside (laughs) with our neighbor who's looking after him. How is your actual day going? We've got snow on the ground here in Cleveland. It's like the sugar crash day after. What's the real scoop on how things are for your day and your morning? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love this question. (laughs) From the get-go, let's be real. Same. We had a little bit of snow this morning. 
was like, so this is such a, a Midwest Halloween. You never know if it's going to be like sunny, stormy, raining, snowing, but we just take it all in. Yeah, today feels a little bittersweet. I love the anticipation of a holiday, the leading up right to the event, the holiday, a vacation. It feels so fun. And then when the actual day gets there, it's wonderful, but it's like a little bittersweet because it's going to be over and like you see your decorations still up when you wake up. But I am kind of sitting in that energy of it could be like that every day of I can be in anticipation for whatever is to come, knowing it's going to be great, right? My life is happening for me. So I'm trying to start these last two months of the year in this shift of a mindset of, okay, like, this is exciting. What's coming up? I'm not sure. There's a lot of uncertainty, but I am welcoming it. I love that so much. I am a very nostalgic person. And ever since I was a little girl, too, have always been that way. Like, there's never going to be this day ever again, right? Like, us being this age and, you know, the way this morning unfolded and anything, right? And so I love that you mentioned that. And it actually, I know we were going to talk about seasons and cycles and cycle syncing a little bit. I was thinking we'd do it later in the show, but it just feels like the perfect segue of really taking advantage of leaning into and soaking up the magic that exists in each cycle, whether that's our menstrual cycle, whether that's a holiday, a celebration, whether that's grief and heartache, right? Because there is so much profound beauty in everything that we're moving through. So, um, you know, I know we're talking about reimagining sisterhood during this episode, and that's something that you do so beautifully in the connections that you make and how you support other women to connect with themselves and with each other. And cycle thinking is a big part of that. I know it's something you've recently gotten into. I know you shared in the beginning before we were recording that you sometimes feel a little bit hesitant to share on topics that you may not consider yourself an expert in. So while we'll we'll make the announcement here, Laura is not a cycle thinking expert, but she is a woman who is reclaiming her power through this tool, through using our bodies wisdom. And what I shared with Laura before, too, is that I don't feel too bad about sharing around subjects that I'm not an expert in because I'm most excited about something as I'm learning about it. I'm so lit up. And that's when I feel like I'm most magnetic to ignite a spark in other people, other women, so they can learn about these things. And so I see that spark in Laura. And I think this is a perfect moment in time for her to share a bit with us um, about, yeah, how do you lean into cycle syncing to support you in your life? Mm, yes. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, you know, I am the expert in my own life, right? And in my own experience. So sharing it here, it, it feels so great and it feels good. So I first got into cycle syncing a couple years ago. I shared with you, you know, I was already intuitively kind of doing this. I just didn't have a name for it. I was getting very curious around my menstrual cycle of noticing when my energy would be shifting and noticing how my mood would go with it and how my production would go with it. And one of the biggest experiences that really just led me into 
I'm going to sit in this. I'm going to learn more about this. I am ready is I was noticing that my husband and I, so during my luteal phase, so if you're in your reproductive years, this is the week before your period, around 10, 14 days. And this is when your hormones start to drop and your energy starts to go inward. You're actually more anxious because this would be the time if you were um, if you were to become pregnant, that your body would be in protective mode, kind of like establishing this connection with your baby and starting to um, make sure that you are safe. So your anxiety might be a little more increased. <laughs> you might be a little more stressed. You're like hyper aware. So many people relate to the luteal phase as the nesting phase of like pregnancy. Like you're just like looking around, what needs done? What can I wrap up? I was noticing with my husband during this phase that I was kind of just like so irritated, <laughs> so irritated by him. Even just him breathing was bothering me, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, and then we would have this kind of like disconnection because I wanted to go inward. I would kind of push him away. But at the same time, I wanted to ensure like, hey, we're still good. Even if I'm over here and I'm, I'm focusing elsewhere, like we're still good, right? He's so confused. Like, wait, you're like yelling at me, but you also want me to like be like, hey, I love you. Come over here. Give me a hug. And so I was like, what is happening with me? I need to understand you know, biologically what is going on so that I can really lean into the natural gifts that we actually have during this period where, oh, she's about to start her period, right? I just know it. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. We were taught to push that down, feel guilty about it, you know, don't talk to anyone, don't do anything. But in hindsight, truly, the gift is it's time to go inward. It's time for you to focus in on what you do want to complete. And it's a kind of this transition phase before you go into a rest, which is your menstrual phase, your bleed. And during this time, I needed my husband to understand that and support me differently than how he would when like that week after my period and I am like feeling, starting to feel great. I'm ready to connect. I'm ready to be more intimate, all of these things. So I wanted to learn about it because I wanted to strengthen our relationship, but in turn, it changed my whole life. Ugh. And it has been such a blessing because it has helped me create my business in a way that feels more gentle and feels more natural for more feminine while I have like this masculine containers that I can lean into, which is like strategy and my, and my husband, for instance. And then also it has helped me connect with other women and helping them understand what they might be going through or to find relatability. And so it has been just a wonderful gift. And I have to thank, you know, my mentor, Beth Wood, who's a somatic coach. She has been so wonderful in guiding me through. <laughs> accepting and learning more about what my body is capable of. Yeah, that was a lot, but it felt right to share it all here. It was perfect. And see, this is another reason why we should be sharing things, even when we don't consider ourselves to be experts, because how much wisdom did you just bestow? And I think in a really 
gentle, easy to receive and understand kind of way. So women who are just learning or curious about cycle syncing or at least just accepting their different emotional seasons and phases, even if it has nothing to do with their menstrual cycle or hormones in that way. But women who are just kind of getting curious about it, I think learning from someone who, like you, who has the knowledge, who has the information, but can really convey it in a way that we can understand, that we can relate to, that we can engage with, because that's how I feel in the ways that you just shared. Mm -hmm. So I think it was perfect. I heard you mention um, your somatic coach. And so I do talk about a lot of somatic healing modalities here on the podcast. Um, You know, ones that I have used to support myself have been Reiki, breathwork, EFT, intuitive dance, meditation. I think you can consider somatic in some ways, but I would love if you would spend a couple of minutes um, just talking about that. Like what got you into uh, working with a somatic coach? What is what how would you describe somatics or somatic Mm -hmm. healing? Um, yeah. And just as another way that we as women can leverage, you know, can leverage our bodies, can leverage our innate wisdom and our energy at different times of our life. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So this was another just like thing I was doing before I knew what it was. (laughs) That's like everything, right? It felt very intuitive. When I teach yoga, I used to always preface this isn't your typical yoga session. And that is because I was finding that I did not like the rigidity of some of the postures. I didn't feel like holding. I wanted to flow in and out. I wanted to move in a different way. I felt my body kind of guiding me here. So it became very embodied, just in the body, the body leading, giving over the trust to the body. And letting the practice be very intuitive. I always say, here is the suggestion of how to move. But that does not mean you have to move in that way. How might your body want you to interpret this posture? Maybe you want to stay. It's so, you know, and I'm just going to tie this into sisterhood. It's so natural, unfortunately, and this because of how society kind of teaches us to relate to other women, it is so natural for us to look at another woman and compare ourselves. What is she doing? Is is she right or am I right? Maybe I need to see, I need to follow what she's doing or I need to do what everyone else is doing. And so we kind of, you know, shift ourselves to fall into these boxes that don't fit. They just don't fit. And so when I got into somatics, it was with that intention of, I want to create my own box that I can really move freely in. I can take up space and I want to help women do the same thing. How it relates to me and my healing journey is I use it to move through emotions. So I always say an emotion is the body interpreting what is happening to you. And the feeling is how the mind interprets that emotion. And we tend to just live in the feeling, right, in the mind and say, oh, okay, um, I'm anxious and that means I need to do this. But maybe the body's saying something else and that, oh, I'm feeling this really deep in my belly and it feels like a sinking feeling. It really feels like 
defeat. And it's linking back to this past experience or this memory. And it helps us really pull on more wisdom. So then, then we can really identify, that's why I'm feeling anxious. That's why I'm feeling this way. And then we can give ourselves what we need. Now, I teach this all day long, right, in my circles and in self-discovery yoga and in coaching. But there was not a lot of opportunity for me to be guided in this. And then you know this as a healer that, yeah, we can do a lot of this work ourselves and we do on ourselves. But there is nothing like having somebody support you in that container and guide you and lead you through your own wisdom and help you connect with your own intuition. And so when I reached out for a coach, it's truly because I believe no matter what you do, no matter how much of an expert you think that you are, you need that support. And so she just guides me through feeling those emotions and identifying what might that be connected to. And then how do I want to move that through? So for me, somatic practices look like breath work is a big one. It looks like intuitive movement, like you mentioned. And that can be so subtle. I think a lot of people think, oh, that means I got to like get up and shake and dance around and, you know, like move my hips. Yes. Do that if that feels good. That can also be putting a hand on your heart and a hand on your belly and maybe like giving yourself a little massage or just feeling the weight and feeling the breath move like a wave. That is somatic too. So it's very unique. It is not a one size fits all. And that's what I love about it. Yeah, I love that explanation. That's so beautiful. And that's something I've learned too along the way of somatic healing and the ways in which our body knows what we need to do in order to heal, in order to expand, right? That it doesn't, we can think, oh, it's supposed to look this way, right? Be really wild and noticeable and extreme in every movement and everything that we do. Um, I think the media, social media, media, everything sensationalizes a lot of practices that are out there and it doesn't have to be that way, right? It can be so simple. There are these ways that we can really support ourselves and integrate different modalities into our day-to-day lives. And so I'd love to talk more about how you felt called to do that with other women. So you mentioned, you know, you've worked with coaches and healers that have supported you and as have I, that's such an important thing to have a mentor or a guide at different times in our lives when we really need it. And for many people, that's enough. They have the person that guides and mentors, coaches hold them and they learn the practice and they apply it to their life. And then for other people, there's this other sense or feeling Uh, that there's another purpose, right? That we have to go out there and share what we're learning and what we're integrating and, and create that ripple effect. And you are one of those people. So have you always been drawn to sharing your gifts, uh, you know, in these deep ways through sisterhood, through your self-discovery yoga, through your women's circles? Is that something that's always been on your heart or is that something that you learned about or felt called to later in your life? How did this surface for you, this desire to help others? That is a beautiful question because it really makes me think back. I have always been a girl's girl. I love other women. I love being in their energy. I love 
feeling supported by them, celebrating them, and then also getting that back. It has always, since I've been a, a young girl, felt so reciprocal when I hang out with another another woman. It's like we're we're both in this and we're both invested and we're talking and we're and we're playing and we're growing. And it probably wasn't until middle school. So that's where I picked up so many limiting beliefs. I don't know about you, but like age 12 through 14 was just so rough. But that was the first instance where I had these experiences that I learned, oh, society is also telling me and these experiences are also telling me that I need to compare and compete with other women to feel seen, valued, or chosen. And that really hurt my friendships. It really hurt how I connected with other women. It really put like a damper on that. And it wasn't until I went through nursing school and college that I got those relationships back. And I truly believe it's because we're in this space where we're all doing something really challenging. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done, still to this day. And we're sharing our struggle. We're sharing in our struggle. And we're being raw and we're allowing ourselves to be supported. We're both learning something. And it created this beautiful foundation for friendships that were built off of something real. And having a taste of that, again, reignited the spark of, wait, I don't have to relate to women in this way. And in fact, it's more natural for me to be more nurturing towards them and to receive that nurturing as well. You know, I think about way back when, and I know you've talked about this before too, I believe, of it was essential to survive, to be in community with other women. We needed that. And it is still essential. We just forgotten how to do it. And so my whole intention with bringing women back together to grow and heal together is to give them that safe space where they can be raw and they can be real and they can be vulnerable and to let that be received and let them be supported and seen in that and to also let them be celebrated in that. That's another piece. We relate to someone so deeply when they are in struggle, right? When they share that struggle, because there is so much truth in that. I've been there. I have a glimpse of what that feels like. But on the end, when someone is like flying high and they are at the top of their game and they are in celebration, sometimes it's harder to relate to that. It's harder to feel like I know how, how that feels. And when we can hold space for both, we can find this acceptance and compassion and relatability that makes you truly happy for another woman. But then it also helps you look at yourself that way. So it's kind of like this reverse effect of when I learn how to hold space, give true compassion towards someone else and support, hear their struggles, I can also do that for myself. It's like this little permission slip that we're giving each other back and forth. And I was noticing that in those spaces, in those circles and, and in you know, self-discovery yoga, that the women were leaving these events and these offerings feeling like this just sigh of relief, a release of like a burden and the release signifying I am not alone, right? I am not alone. So, so resoundingly true. I see that in my circles as well. And I'd love to know your take on this. So as you're talking and thinking about 
you know, just us being able to relate to the wide range of emotions that is that are felt, right? Like, oh, someone's talking about celebration and it might be hard to relate if that's all that we're focusing on. And so it makes me think of, you know, I talk a lot about rites of passage too in the work that I do and how in ancient times, our ancestors, like there were all different rites of passage that were honored. Now, today, it's like baby shower, bridal shower, graduation, right? There's all these things. And it feels sometimes to me like when we gather to celebrate those milestones that we should only be focused on the energy of that event, right? Like of women entering motherhood, of women entering being a bride, being a wife, right? And and then all of these other experiences and feelings that attendees may be going through and feeling like they they can't really be brought there because it's it's for the baby, it's for the bride, it's for this, and we focus on that. And it isolates and it alienates, right? And so what I love about women's circles, as you were beautifully putting it, is it's like this really safe, sacred space to come as you are, whether that's really like rising up and feeling excited and celebratory about your life. But in the same group of women, someone might come broken into pieces, having just suffered a tremendous loss. But all the women that come know that they're showing up to this space to come as they are, to share who they are in their energy, but also to witness and 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 hold space for women who might be going through something else. And so it it validates, right, our full range of emotions, our full range of life experience. Um, so I'm just curious to know your take on that or how, if you've noticed that, how that feels to you. Um, yeah, just anything. It's just- yeah. Oh, I love that. You're so right. And I think that stops us a lot from sharing, right, is, oh, well, I'm not a mother or... I didn't graduate college or, you know, I didn't have this rites of passage, like you said, of, of what we're celebrating. So am I just as worthy to share what I have going on, my struggle or my celebration that doesn't seem as big or as hard, right? We're, we're always comparing even our suffering to each other. Like, oh, I can't share because this person is suffering more. But the truth is suffering is suffering. It's very relative to what you have going on, what you are experiencing. And in the circle, because it is somewhat of a guided conversation, meaning that I'm asking a question and each person is going around and answering, and there's not a lot of conversation and happening in between, and there's a reason for that. And that is because we are actively listening and holding space for each woman to share. And there is an understanding that we're not trying to fix it. We're not really offering advice. We're not saying, you shouldn't feel this way or like, don't be upset, which is what we hear all day long. So we don't want to hear that there. We want to get ourselves comfortable with the uncomfortable. So we're listening to someone's struggle and that might make someone feel uncomfortable. Then we might be listening to someone's celebration and that might make someone uncomfortable. But in the work that I do, I teach that whatever is activated in you by someone else's share, whatever they're experiencing, It's just showing you an opportunity to heal. It's shining a light on something that is coming up in you that maybe you want to turn towards. And when we can kind of detach that and say, oh, it's not about them or necessarily what they're going through. It's about what's coming up in me. We can actually then even listen more deeply to that person because we recognize that it's not about, you know, them in that moment of whatever's coming up with us. It's more about okay, I have an opportunity here 
but I can also hold space for her at the same time. And that is actually how relatability grows and connects because we can say, I feel that. I physically, physically and emotionally, mentally can feel and resonate with some of the truth that you are sharing. And I'm not taking away from your experience. Instead, I'm going to let you have your own experience. And then later, I'm going to honor mine. Everyone gets a chance to share. And then each woman who is listening gets to process that information in their own way. And then they get their chance. It's just such a beautiful container for each woman to go through their own process. Yes. And I think it really gives women the opportunity to shift their energy. So if we're coming with a complaint or event, right, if that's what we're bringing into circle, you know, well, first I'd like to say when we bring that into maybe friendship, when it's not a facilitated women's circle, what we can be used to, right, because this episode is about how we can reimagine ourselves mm-hmm. and sisterhood. So in, in the female friendships that I came to know over the years, you bring your vent, you bring your gripe, and your friends, your good friends, your real friends, your true friends, they jump on that bandwagon <laughs> with you, right? Or that's what we felt or thought. Mm-hmm. And so the friend that's just like right next to you, complaining along with you, like, yeah, that guy doesn't deserve this, or I don't know what his problem is, or right? They're they're like supporting you. That's what we learned support looks like is just agreeing with and adding right. fuel to the fire. And that doesn't allow us really any extra space to process our emotions. It doesn't allow us to look at it from different viewpoints or vantage points. It just, we get that resounding echo and it just sort of intensifies our feeling around it, leaving us, I think, more stuck in the end. But when we come into circle, it does give us this opportunity to just be heard because that's what I tell, I think all, all women's circle facilitators are trained or know to do this, but it's it like you mentioned, it's not about fixing and it's not about jumping on the bandwagon with that woman and whatever she's sharing. It's about giving her safe space to be heard, held, and witnessed. And that doesn't require words. That requires eye contact. That requires us to get into our bodies and give certain body language right? It might require at certain times some reflective questions from Mm -hmm. a sister, right? Well, have you you thought about this? And what would it look like if, right? I think those are the most supportive types of phrases and words that we can hear in circle. But it's really interesting to me most of the time when I start circles, especially if it's with a smaller group where there's more opportunity to talk, a lot of the women come with that that former energy that I mentioned of like jump on and just validate the crap out of whatever she's talking about and and, you know, shit all over whoever it is that did this to her instead of this shift. And so I have to introduce that like we're here not to fix. We are just here to support and witness. And that allows that woman in that experience to kind of zoom out as she's talking, as she's given that space, as she's not hearing an echo of what she's already been saying, well, oh, I, can, I can see my life a little bit differently now. I can maybe be even neutral about it for a moment in time, right? And it invites us to either shift our energy ourselves or it invites us to, as we were talking about cycles and seasons and appreciating them, it can invite us to appreciate where we are, wherever that is. If it's in a place of anger, it's a place of heartache, knowing 
this is a part of my journey. Yeah, that is so, so true. And let, letting each person have their own experience because they're releasing it. And you're right. When we are releasing, it's we don't want to hold it too long. So when we're like, yeah, you know, that's horrible. Oh, my gosh. Then we're just we're just growing and growing and growing it. Yeah. 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 The release is and you know, so often we think, well, we have to fix it for them to feel better about it. Like, I want to make this person feel better. That's what I want to do. But it's not about feeling better. It's about just expressing it and releasing it however it needs to come out. Yes. And as you said, too, listening to others is healing in its own way. They said whatever is activated or triggered within you, whether you're listening to someone celebrate or you're listening to someone in a place of, of sorrow, it's that activation is is giving you the opportunity to heal, right? I'd love to know if you're open to sharing and we can just skip if not. <laughs> but, you know, is there a time that you can recall being in circle, whether you were facilitating or whether you were attending, where you felt triggered or activated by something? And how did that allow you or, or invite you to begin to explore healing a certain facet of yourself or your life? You know, that's oh. a <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I'm all, the women that I am in circle with know that I will always give my my examples. I'll always be the first one to share what has come up. I I know what my limiting beliefs are and what my shadow is. And shining the light on that is allowing me to recognize when I am activated. And to know, oh, this is connecting to that. Okay, this is my work to do. This is my work to do. But it, sometimes it's not my work to do in that moment, right? And I have to make sure that I'm holding sacred space for myself pretty regularly so that I can bring these things back up. And so when I first started leading women's circles and I first started offering self-discovery yoga, one of my limiting beliefs and one of my shadow words that I hold is too much. I am too much. And what I would do is when I was driving home, I would think about all the ways that I was being too much during that circle. Ooh, maybe I talked too much there. Oh, shoot. Did I, was I, was I too expressive? How was that received? Right. I wanted to know how that was received. Was, was that good enough? Maybe that was too much. I was kind of self-sabotaging myself to stay small because when you do that, I always say that as humans, we are evidence-based beings, meaning you will find the evidence just like Google for whatever you want to be true. You will find it. So if I am always focusing in after I end these circles on I am too much, I will find that evidence. And then I'll go into that next circle a little bit smaller, a little less expressive. So I recognize that pretty fast, that, that that was a pattern that I was doing. And then I kind of called myself out, meaning when an opportunity arose for me to share on that, I did. Because, and I, I'm wondering if you feel the same way about this, as a facilitator, of these circles. I am there to facilitate, but I am also in this circle with you. I'm not standing outside of it. I'm not standing up. I am seated down. I am also listening and I am a human being. So I am feeling what you are saying. And when it's appropriate, 
I am also sharing so that you can see my humanness in this too. And I do think that's so important. So yes, that is one that I had struggled with in the past and that always will still linger there. It's just, it's just integrating it now. I believe like your shadow never goes away, but it's a good thing because there is integration to be had in each season of your life. How can I use this to my benefit? Beautiful. Yes. Oh my gosh. And this is the perfect transition to go into my last meaty question for you. <laughs> meaty. I don't know if I like that word. <laughs> my last English question. Juicy question for you. Um, that when something appears in your path, and it can feel like a, this is happening to me, how we can shift that into this is happening for me. You mentioned, I think the phrase you used is this is my work to do, right? Whatever is activating, whatever feels like it's happening to me right now is this invitation to heal, to expand, to grow. And I've been sharing this a bit in my, well, at the time of this recording, it's November 1st. And I've been sharing in my social media, on Instagram, and in my emails that I have a big life change coming for me in where I'm entering a season where I'm being called to be more focused on motherhood. Our beautiful, amazing, magical nanny is stepping away from our family, and I fully respect all of her reasons that she needs to do so in order to take care of herself and her hope. And our hope is she's able to come back in some type of support at some point. But in the meantime, you know, I was sharing before we hit record with Laura about how it felt like this gut punch at first, like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? First of all, how, why is this happening to my children? My poor little babies aren't going to have this sweet, magical being in their life every week. And and what that going to look like and feel like for them? And then why is this happening to me? Because I need this time to work. I need this time for myself. I get overstimulated as a mom. I get overwhelmed. And how can I be my best self if, if I don't have some time to myself? You know, and a bunch of other narratives and questions that started coming and placing me in this victim mentality. And within an hour of those feelings, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I really felt like the the voice of God or the universe or my my guides coming to me and saying, this is happening for you and this is your work to do, right? This is a season where you are being called to step deeply into motherhood, to heal traumas within yourself, to heal your children, to be present in your life in ways you know you haven't been. Like I was noticing how much I was opting out in a variety of ways. Like, did I create magic and show up? Oh, of course I did. But did I do it as consistently as I would have liked? Absolutely not. You know, and it allowed me, all of the rich support I had from others allowed me to bypass some of the healing and the work that I need to do mm -hmm. to reach my next level of self. It was allowing me to just scooch around it because, oh, I've got backup coming in soon. I'm getting triggered and activated right now just kind of muster my way through it and know that I'm passing my kids off again and then I'll be recharged for them, you know, and then I wouldn't even have to heal those parts. And so it's this great gift for me now that I'm like, okay, cutting down from 25 hours a week of work to about seven hours a week of work time for my business. And I couldn't be more thrilled about it. I know there's just so much ahead of me that I get to learn. And so I know you, you know, when we met, one of the things that you made really clear to me was your deep prioritization 
of this role of yours as mom and this particular season, going back to these seasons in our lives. I remember you, I think I was like, we should do a retreat together. We should do this because I just love Laura and her energy is amazing. And you can hear it and feel all that she brings into the world. And she's like, absolutely, someday and right now, my focus is being with my kids. And these are the hours I'm allotted. And this is what I have to do. This is what I want to do to support my life and my presence in it. And so I just would love to ask you the question and and hear your viewpoint on how you find balance. Uh, And I know like people say balance doesn't exist, but we, we do create it to a degree in pockets, in moments, right? So how do you find balance? How do you maintain presence? Um, And was there a moment in your life where you, like I have this moment for me where it was like, oh, I'm losing my childcare. And instead of being frantic to replace it, I'm, I'm, I'm replacing, right? I'm not finding another person. It's going to be me. So um, yeah, any moment in your life where it was that way for you of this is my calling. This is this important time in my life. Well, first of all, I love how you're talking about your your own transition and your own perspective. And I just, I'm so excited for the women to hear this that need to hear that because there's so much truth and relatability there. And especially when we live with the mindset of you need to be moving constantly, you need to go, go, go to be valued, to be productive. And you feel like you're going against something when you decide to make a different choice. So when you're, we're talking about a moment, I just want to go back because when my husband and I, before we even had kids, we were both working corporate jobs that we didn't necessarily like, and we wanted more freedom and flexibility. We did not know anything different, though, than what we were doing. I mean, I had no idea. We had no one really to expand us to show us a different way. And we weren't looking for it either. But when I decided to quit clinical nursing, and it was the biggest decision I had ever made in my life, and it was the hardest decision I ever made in my life, I had to think outside the box. And I said, oh my God, I have this opportunity. I'm, I'm literally in a rock bottom here of, I don't know who I am anymore without this label. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even know what I'm good at. I don't. I don't even know what I like. And so I had this opportunity to start from scratch and create a life that I wanted to live and to ease myself into it. And my husband then kind of followed suit. I mean, there was one year where we lived off of his 401k. We had no money. We had no jobs. We were, were trying, you know, and I had never been happier. I had never been happier because it felt free. It felt like this is the first time I, I get to make a decision for myself without feeling like I need to do what's expected of me or here's what I should do. So that experience set the foundation going into when we did have children. There have been so many moments where we've got back on that train of go, 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 or we, we were, you know, in that vortex of keeping up with the Joneses that one of us has to call each other out and say, wait a second, do you remember, do you remember that time? And we have to get each other back on track. Oh yeah, that's what's most important to us. And sometimes it's really hard, 
because you want to just keep moving. But then there's burnout and then there's resentment and then there's so much stress. And like you mentioned, then I'm missing out on the magic of where I am right now. And so there's a lot of surrender that has to happen. And there's a lot of trust. Just like I mentioned earlier, I always have to look for the evidence that my life is happening for me. While I'm building this self-trust, I have to look for the evidence. So my life is happening for me when I can look back and see that that decision I made over 12 years ago, what it led to, wow, amazing. And I know that that pattern repeats itself. The more that I trust and I lean into what's happening right now, what I need right now, meet myself where I'm at, I know that I will continue to pause and look back and say, my gosh, look how much my life happened for me here. And that's how I build that trust to myself. And that's how I can kind of keep these sacred boundaries. But I also have support. I also have my husband there reminding me all the time, right? We're reminding each other. And that is super, super essential. So I don't want to say that it's easy. It's something I constantly have to work at and remind myself of. But it is essential because in five years, I won't be in the same situation. It'll be something different. And that's okay. And that's something to look look forward to. But I'm the only one that gets to live my life. And it's only happening right now. So I want to be here and I want to be present. And I want to do what I need to do to make sure that I'm not only, you know, honoring them, my family, but I am honoring myself. Because, you know, in 50 years time, it'll just maybe just be me. Who knows, right? So I want to make sure that I am holding space for me too during this time. And that is so important, like you said, to take the time to do the healing work, to spend time with yourself so that you can show up to the people, the places, the things that matter most to you. Mm, Yes. And I feel like this theme of our talk today is reimagining, right? And and we are focusing on reimagining sisterhood or that was the thought, but I'm just really hearing this theme in your entire life and your outlook. It seems like the way that you move through anything hard, the way that you rise to the occasion, the way that you make meaning and magic from your life and and create a path that's really authentic to you is by reimagining, right? Constantly, what is possible? What is true? Reimagine what society puts before you and make it what fulfills you. So this question, the final little question I have that I ask all guests on the podcast is what little scraps of magic are present in your life right now? And I think you've answered this probably in a million different ways (laughs) because your life, you just have this outlook that creates magic. But if you could pick one thing right now, or some people pick a couple, (laughs) the little scraps of magic in your life. It is the appreciation of beauty and excellence all around me. As we come into this season change, it has been so nourishing to look out my window and see the leaves change and feel the air get colder and feel myself want to start to like root back in. And it's presence, right? That's what that is. It's presence. And that's that feels magical because it feels like truly living. Beautiful. Oh, thank you so much for that poetic. Yeah, for that poetry. It was just stunning. Um, Thank you so much, Laura, for having this conversation with me today. It was beautiful to spend this time together. 
Where can people find you if they want to learn more or hear more about what you have to offer the world? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always love talking with you. And I always feel so great afterwards. <laughs> um, well, you can find me on Instagram for the women. I think I'm trying to think like what my username looks like. <laughs> right, where underscore. <laughs> yeah, I think there's the underscore before and after for the women. Um, that's probably where I'm most active and most sharing. I also have a newsletter called The Sunday Circle. So you can find me there. I think reflection is so important. So I'm sharing some wisdom there and some journal prompts. And yeah, those are those are the two spots where you can come visit. Wonderful. And I am a subscriber to the Sunday Circle. And I will say like it just comes out on Sundays and it is her emails are so rich and full of beautiful information. It's not a waste of your time. You know, I think a lot Thank of you. entrepreneurs out there can stuff a lot of garbage into your inbox. So if someone wants to sign up for your newsletter, do you have a way uh, to subscribe that I could put in the show notes or how would one get on your yeah. <laughs> I have a link that I'll give you that is easy to subscribe. And my freebie is kind of, it's, it's there every week, is I give you at least three reflection questions. I think Sunday is like the perfect pause of the week, right? We need a rest day. We need a pause so we can look back and see how far we've come and where we want to go. And my intention with that um, with that newsletter is to give you the questions that help you be intentional as you move through in your week. Yes, wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Laura. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and enjoy life after Halloween, the new season that is upon us. Thank you, love. I hope you do too. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. It's such an honor to be invited into your space. If you love today's show, subscribe and leave a review so you don't miss a thing. And if you're looking for more in-depth support in your life, if you're seeking to be held and inspired for your growth, I do offer one-on-one -on -one EFT or tapping sessions, spiritual life coaching, and other group programs. I always am talking about these on my Instagram, which is Steph, S-T-E-P-H dot Traska, T-R-Z-A-S-K-A, and also on my website, littlescrapsofmagic.com. So please wander over to either of those platforms and see how I can support you more deeply. Until next time, keep looking for those little scraps of magic. Thank you.